Welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you with us today. We're turning things over to college basketball because the Marquette Golden Eagles are playing just about as well as anybody in the country right now. After a little bit of a slow start to the season, maybe new coach Shaka Smart and so many new faces to the Marquette program, a little bit of a feeling out process and uh, suffered some early season losses, had a couple of nice early season wins as well. But right now they're playing as good a basketball as just about anybody in the country. They are building their resume for March, and I thought it was a good opportunity, especially in the wake of their outstanding victory uh, against Villanova at their place in Philadelphia. It was time that we brought back uh, one of our good friends of the program. Always appreciate his thoughts and his insights on the Marquette Golden Eagles. I had a chance to catch up with Andre Greska earlier this week on the game night. Andre, you've got to be just in heaven right now as a Marquette alum, a Marquette fan. We've had you on the program before. I've had you on the podcast. There was, I don't know if trepidation was the right word after the Steve Wojciechowski era ended, but right now, this is about as good as it's going to get at this point of the season. Obviously, a long way to go, but after knocking off Villanova on the road last night, you got to be feeling pretty good. I mean, this whole year basically has been house money where you, you, you were very excited to kind of start fresh, get a, a, a new roster, a new outlook on life, um, happy with what was going to happen. You know, we knew it was going to be a rebuilding year for Marquette. We didn't really expect too much in terms of results, maybe hoping that we're, the team might be playing better by March compared to November. And then obviously starts off nicely with a big win over Illinois, followed up with a big win over West Virginia. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe they were not going to be as bad as we thought, but still some middling expectations. So, uh, I mean, after that UCLA romp um, in early December, it's pretty much where we all thought this team would be. Like, okay, you know, they had a couple ups, upstarting uh, upsets, but it's not really a team that's ready for prime time. And since that time, they've been playing as a top 15 team in the country. And n- n- I can't, you can't find one person in the world, I don't think in, in the Al McGuire Center, in the Caston Gym, in the locker room, that could tell you that this is what this team was going to be. Like, this is beyond wildest expectations. And, yeah, Cloud9 doesn't begin to discover, uh, to, to convey where, where Marquette fandom is right now. All right, let's take it back to January 1st, then. It was a double overtime loss against Creighton at home at Pfizer Forum. It was the fourth straight loss where were you guys at and what was the thought process about is Shaka the right guy is it still wait and see what was Marquette Nation feeling after that double overtime loss on New Year's Day that was definitely the first time in his tenure that you know you, you get you get tweets during games and people get upset and most of the time it's just like venting and whatever that was the first time that it felt a little sharper than normal after a loss where it was like why didn't he foul why did this this game was won and you have to remember too this was the third straight game where Marquette had dug a big hole climbed up gotten within one possession and then ultimately didn't didn't seal the deal so this was the point where you start to think, like, okay, well, he's had some issues in the past. Not that he was the wrong hire. Like I said, this season was house money. Uh, any result is probably positive. But that's when you start to, to, to start to think, like, oh, I, I don't know. What are the, the skeletons in the closet? Is this what, what the Texas Redux happening? Like, can he learn from it? Um, but I think what kind of um, – helped cleanse all of that was the, the following game against Providence where it was just a, a woodshed type game um, up 40 points in the second half uh, that even if 
if we, you knew, or like this is a fluke, this is not the team that's going to be, um, they had the response in them. And that, I, and one of Dana O'Neill, a uh, writer for The Athletic, um, her article said that Marquette and uh, Shaka keys in on response. And, and that's the biggest thing. Throughout the season, at the lowest of the lows, um, this team has been able to really, really uh, come uh, come back fighting. Um, I think I, I put up a stat on Twitter that uh, this year there have been six games where Marquette has a, a below a 25% chance of winning the game, according to Ken Palm, and has won them versus five the past two years. So this team has a toughness to it, like a moxie, that a resolve that even in the lowest of lows, like that Creighton game was, and, and Shock himself is that that locker room was was not a good place to be. Um, they have proven that it's not always going to be as good as against Villanova, but uh, they, they have a fight in them, and that's, that's what you love to see. How much do you feel like the culture has changed around Marquette basketball? Because, honestly, I mean, I remember the first time that you and I were ever going to speak. Ironically, I contacted you right before Steve Wojciechowski got fired. I felt like the culture of the program was... I don't know if malaise is the right word, but it's something yeah. in something in that family. And then Shaka Smart gets hired. There was the honeymoon period, and then we talked about the early loss to Creighton. I just feel like there's been a culture shift. You're closer to it than I am. What have you felt? 100%. Uh, 100%. And I think every time we've talked, um, the big thing when you when you hear from other fan bases and you hear other writers is, is that – Marquette under Wojo for all the plaudits, for all, all the highs it gets, it was never a tough game. Like, yeah, you might lose. They might score 100 on you. Marcus might score 50 and a half. But it was not a tough game physically. They were not afraid to go in there. They knew you, they could rattle that team. Um, and that is the first thing that kind of Shaka has instilled in, in the team is, is toughness. So whether they win or lose, the opposing team is going to come out with needing an ice bath. And they're, they're just going to play with violence. They're going to have a little bit of grit to them. Um, and it's not going to be a fun place to be for those 40 minutes. So that was the culture since day one. I remember we were looking at screen caps and uh, in, in cast and gym where Marquette practices. They had words on the board. Uh, they had some words on the walls, and one of them was violence. Um, so the culture in and of itself within the team, I think, is night and day different. And again, that's not to say it's all Shaka. Obviously, there's a lot of new players, a different kind of mentality, um, new new feel. Um, and it's not to demean anything that was done in the previous administration. It's just a different type of team. Um, so that culture kind of bleeds out to, to the fan base as well, too, because the malaise within the fan base was 100% there. Um, I, I'm sure the ticket sales people could tell you the same in terms of people that were renewing or not renewing their season ticket packages. So, yeah, it, it all kind of works together like that. Payne touches Andre Greska joining us here on the Marquette beat as Marquette with a huge win last night at Villanova, their fifth in a row. This brutal stretch right now for the Golden Eagles as well. But it also seems like you go into that game at Villanova last night, a place that I don't think Marquette had ever won going into. Uh, they've had other games at Mar- or at Villanova. They played at the Spectrum in years past or uh, where the 76ers now play, whatever bank it's named after or whatever it's named after now, some credit card or whatever. Um, but they've never won in that gym before. Taking a look at the next six games that are on this schedule, and it's a difficult schedule. All of these teams are ranked, and probably next week Marquette may be ranked as well. But, you know, you've got Xavier, Seton Hall, Providence, Villanova again. 
Uh, you've got UConn at their place, and maybe UConn's not the same UConn that it was in years past, but they're always a tough out, especially at their mm-hmm. place. How much confidence, how much of a buoy can this give the team and certainly the fan base as well after going into Villanova, a top 10 team, top 11 team in the country, and knocking them off? I, think, I mean, it, it changes a ton because this was a game everyone had, has written off as a loss. You, you don't win at Villanova, and it's not just the Marquette thing. Yeah, Marquette, that was the first time we'll ever winning at the Spinner and Pavilion, but I think there was something like 41-2 two in bit since the reformation in 2014 of the big east nobody wins there so that that win alleviates so much of the pressure because what's going to end up happening they're going to drop a couple games like you said i think six or seven straight q1 games um, in terms of the ncaa how they they measure out um, the quality of opponents with q1 being the highest um, one of the toughest stretches for anyone in the country um, in a consecutive span so the the wear and tear gets to you the travel the opponent quality but now that you have this one in your back pocket um, it, it kind of lets you Pick your spots a little bit. So Xavier at home, yes, it's a big game, but this was probably one that was a must-win before um, the win last night. So now it's just kind of, oh, okay, it's good to have. And then if you take a big-picture approach, uh, again, Marquette is kind of the toast of the town right now, but it's it's still a, a mid-tier seed at best. It's not like we're talking about the, the Badgers where they're going to be looking for a one or two seed in the NCAA tournament. So like knowing those limitations and knowing kind of what the goal is, um, we had said, and we kind of agreed in, in the general consensus that two and five in the seven game stretch keeps you in position. You have two, like you you already have two in the bag. Um, you had Seton Hall home, you have Villanova on the road. So now you're, you can kind of think, okay, well, what, what plays you off the bubble? What gets you more into like the mid tier seeds? Um, do we dare dream about possibly getting into a top six seed again? There's the long road. I don't think uh, Marquette is there just yet, but um, with the win at Villanova, there's no game left that you think they're not going to win this. There's no chance they're going to win this. This question is speculative, so you know I don't know the answer to it, and I don't know that anyone empirically knows the answer to it, but obviously Shaka Smart had a great deal of success at VCU. Then he goes to Texas, Big 12, all the money in the world. Yes, it's a football school, but doesn't have the same amount of success. He wouldn't have been fired at the end of the year, as we've come to know, but his dalliance with Marquette was uh, encouraged, we'll put it that way, and they didn't try to keep him in Austin. Why has it worked out better at VCU and Marquette as opposed to the one school where the resources seemingly are unlimited, in your opinion? Uh, there was a really, really good point by an SI writer today that being at a place like Texas is being a six or seven year old in a candy store without your parents. Like it's awesome. Like it's the best thing in the world. You can have whatever you want, whenever you want. But what ends up happening is you end up feeling like crap afterwards because it, it's too much. So what does that mean in basketball terms? Texas allows you to recruit basically anyone in the country, um, or even in this, if you want to just focus on your state, you have the mo- one of the most fertile basketball um, havens in, in the country, um, and get those five stars that you might have only landed once every three or four years. So now he was recruiting two or three five stars a year, which is great. Uh, everyone wants that. Um, obviously, the boosters are happy. The fans are happy. You win- you're winning the recruiting wars. But that kind of player that's going to use college as a pit stop, as a one- or two-year kind of stepping stone to a professional career, most likely the NBA, isn't the kind that's 
likely to buy into what Shaka is trying to build. So he did a decent job of tailoring towards it. I mean, obviously, oh, he has great talent, boo-hoo. Um, but what he has right now in Marquette is, is the chip-on-your-shoulder type that he really succeeded with at VCU, the ones that are going to get dirty, dive on the floor, um, that are going to buy in on the defense-first mentality. Because as, as much as we talk about Justin Lewis uh, winning the game, and we should, the defense last night was some of the best I've seen in Marquette bar none. Um, it was just so connected. Um, everyone's on the same page, giving them their all of 25, 30 second possessions where they're just constantly um, tagging their man and, and communicating the switches. And again, talented players can do that, but it's not something that it's easy to buy in it with a team full of them versus when you have a, a little bit of a ragtag bunch with something to prove. So we'll see. Um, one of Shaka's kind of, I don't know if it was a warning or not, but when, when he had a couple of interviews this summer, he had told the administration, listen, I'm not going to win the recruiting awards. I'm not going to go after um, the big names. I want my guys that are going to buy in. They're going to be here three or four years. They're going to build this program with me. Uh, so I think that's a big difference. He was giving that time in Marquette. Um, I, I don't know how why it's resulted in the result it has this year, but uh, I think long-term, that's the difference between a Marquette and a Texas. And, you know, you look at the the great basketball players here in the state of Wisconsin, and I know Johnny Davis over in Madison gets all of the headlines right now, but how good is Justin Lewis? You mentioned Justin Lewis won the game last night. How good has he been, not just last night, but all season long? Uh, unbelievable. So this summer, um, I was talking to Vada Smith. He's a, a special assistant to the coach. He followed... Uh, Saka from Texas, he, he works a lot on the offense um, and some analytical stuff. And I got to talk to him a little bit over the summer. And he told me, he's like, listen, we knew Justin was good, but he is good. Like this was before any games, this was just in the gym. Um, I think the, the injuries in, uh, in last year hurt him a little bit in playing the five mostly um, kind of limited his arsenal because he, he's a great rebounder. He's got huge hands. He can finish everything. Um, but he he has more than that, as, as he showed in, in the game last night and he's shown this season. So he was someone who um, I've been banging the drum all, all offseason. I was like, hey, this, he's going to be really good. He's going to be really good. Um, obviously, he's in uh, some mock drafts in terms of um, early second round, late first round. So he's not quite there in terms of a, a lock status in terms of the draft. But I would not be surprised if this is the last last season for him just because he has all the intangibles um, for the NBA and all of the measurables in terms of the athleticism. He can jump 35 inches. He, he, he's six, seven. He, um, he can play down low. He can guard uh, ones. So his game is kind of evolving still. We, he settles a little bit for threes, um, which he normally doesn't hit at a, at a, at a rate like he hit last night, but um, he has, he, he has three-level potential. He has the potential to guard um, at the NBA level. So um, it's not surprising that he's playing this well. It's surprising kind of that it, it took this long for the nation to catch on because he's been doing it for a while now. Andre, I appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the game coming up on Sunday afternoon at Xavier. And, man, this is a lot of fun. I've always said this. If Marquette and Wisconsin are both good at the same time, and I know Marquette fans kind of bristle with this, so apologies ahead of time, but when they're both good at the same time, I think college basketball in the state of Wisconsin rivals just about anywhere in the country because it is fun watching the, the fan bases go back and forth. I root for both. I'm sorry. I'm a slappy. I didn't go to either school. Um, but uh, I, I think it's a lot of fun, and, and Marquette's playing some really, really exciting and fun basketball to watch right now. No. 
Agree, and there's no bigger Johnny Davis fan. Go go to the NBA, young man. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, Andre, I appreciate the time. We'll talk again soon. All right, take care. From paintouches.com, Andre Greska, kind enough to spend a few minutes with us here on the Doug Russell Podcast. That'll do it for the show. Go Golden Eagles. Yeah, they're playing some great basketball right now. They're a lot of fun to watch, and they've got some great individual talents on that team. But they're also playing really, really hard for new coach Shaka Smart as well. Hopefully, they will have continued success throughout the rest of the season. That'll do it for the show. Hope to catch you next time right here on the Doug Russell Podcast.